So we're back for a continued conversation with Packard Brown, uh, who does a significant amount of work with those who are um, working in bivocational clergy settings. Um, I, I, I kind of want to continue where we, uh, to an extent, left off in our previous conversation, that there is certainly a significant benefit in assessments and in being self-aware and understanding your own leadership style yes. and your own skill set. The next logical step that is too often uh, put aside or people don't know how to deal with it, even institutions don't know how to deal with it, is, okay, now you've identified the strengths mm -hmm. and you've identified, I think, also some gaps. Yes. What do you do? Um, and it wasn't really our intent, but of course, uh, the reality is that is what the resource program at ILF is kind of designed to do, is to help fill in those gaps for people who are serving in leadership. But as we, as we were talking about that, one thing that occurred to me is that I think the dynamics are going to be fairly different for uh, a second career clergy person mm -hmm. as opposed to a first career. And by first career, I really do mean someone who is younger, probably coming out of a bachelor program, an undergraduate program, and coming into graduate school and headed out to ministry. Um, they certainly have worked in there, but they haven't had a career yet in that mm -hmm. circumstance. Mm -hmm. so, so can you say a little bit about the different dynamics for those two different groups of people, broadly speaking? The, well, what comes to mind immediately, Tom, when you're talking about someone who's had a career and then has decided to pursue a theological degree, and then they're, they're faced with some sort of bivocational situation, and they can fall back on their previous career. That is true to some extent. And the reason I say to some extent is that the time they've taken away from that career, perhaps, to pursue a degree, a lot can change in their industry. And especially, I mean, my, my word, if they're in high tech or anything like that, that's, a, that's an industry that reinvents itself every 18 months. But I've worked with some bivocational pastors, excuse me. <clears throat> I've worked with some bivocational pastors that were in, oh, you might just say, traditional industries like finance or management, uh, those, sorts of, those sorts of pursuits, went and got a degree, and then when they tried to re-enter their career, what was available to them was really lower on down the food chain than what was the management position they had when they left in the first place. And the reason being, is that those organizations and the hiring officers in those organizations weren't quite convinced that their skills were up to par, uh, that they weren't current, that they weren't, um, you know, uh, they weren't educated in, in maybe some of the new developments or trends or nuances, you know, within their field. And so that's something that uh, the second career pastors need to confront, and need, you know, that's part of the challenge. Uh, for the new ones, <clears throat> for it, like it's a new career, it's a very similar sort of challenge that they face, and that is is learning how to package their skills, which skills are transferable, then as we've had as part of another conversation, and that is explaining to potential employers, particularly 
in non-traditional settings or non-traditional sectors, how those skills and abilities can be of value to them. Uh, one uh, recent graduate told me a, a, a question she encountered out in the job market was, well, you have a degree in theology, how on earth can you help us? And so I'm finding that those first career uh, pastors, in a sense, or graduates, that's something that they encounter. Uh, so as far as both of them, that, that you know, they both have to, to learn how do they prepare and promote their material in a way that it can be construed as beneficial to a potential employer in a non-traditional uh, sector. And I, I should note, this is an interesting opportunity to just mention briefly a particular thing that exists up on the resource website. Um, you are now doing the Theology Careers Initiative, and yes. folks can read about that at PackardBrown.com. Prior to that, you actually were here at ILIF oh, as the director of the Career Services Center, I think. was Career Center, yeah. Career we Center. did the funneling conversation. We did the yes. funneling conversation. <clears throat> so there's a video up at resource.ilif.edu um, that um, actually demonstrates how you can oh, yes. how you can effectively guide as an interviewee you, how you can guide an interview mm -hmm. toward um, the interviewer discovering how you can step into particular things and fix specific issues. It's a wonderful tool for turning an informational interview into an employment interview. And it's, yeah, it's, so people have access it. I would recommend yeah, that they, they do so. It's really, it's really a unique communication tool, I believe. Yeah, that, uh, um, and that project actually came together quite well. I'd highly recommend that people take a look at it. Um, so when we're talking about uh, specific challenges that bivocational pastors encounter, um, I mean, I, I know that, you know, we've kind of started to talk about the package of skills that they bring forward with them. Um, I should note that second career pastors, again, um, certainly in my experience, you know, my first career effectively sort of was uh, management. Mm -hmm. So all those skills mm -hmm. came along with me, which mm -hmm. made managing a church uh, a whole lot easier to, when I had a degree in management. Um, so when you're talking about bivocational pastors, what challenges do you see that they have to specifically be aware of and be ready to face? What comes to mind immediately are two. And one of them is when they graduate and there's no guarantee that they will have a, an offer of a full-time position. So they need to be prepared to find something to fill that, you know, that void. Many of the pastors I'm working with or consulting with, the second the largest challenge, which you're probably aware of, would be finding uh, sustainable financial means in which they can support themselves or support their families uh, but at the same time, manage their charge. It's uh, some recent research that came out of, um, of a study of 70 bivocational pastors said that it's up to about 58% of the pastors interviewed uh, turned to bivocational work primarily for financial reasons. 
And <clears throat> if I can kind of give um, an, an intentional plug about the, this is why I enjoy the work that I do, the consulting that I do, is that there is so much more available now in today's employment market so that people seeking a secondary source of income can find positions uh, that are part-time, that can use their theological education, that can use their skills and abilities, so they don't have to fear they're going to have to resort to mopping floors or adding to their vernacular, would you like fries with that? Um, and I've worked with you know several pastors that were kind of surprised to learn that with certain direction and certain instruction, they can find gainful secondary employment where they can still utilize their skills and abilities. Coupled with this is the onset of what is called the gig economy. And because of the internet, there are hundreds of sites out there where pastors, bivocational pastors, can find uh, part-time work where they can fit into their own schedule, they can set their own fees, uh, and, they, and there are hundred sites that enable them not only to find those, those jobs, but also to advertise the tools and the skills that they have, like for writing or for research, those sorts of things. Uh, one particular uh, pastor I worked with found a position where he, he was able to use his research and English and writing skills uh, doing part-time work online for a marketing company that wanted people to, or editors really, to review their, their copy before they went to print. So he found a part-time job doing that. So <clears throat> the challenges are around if there's not a full-time position available, finding something part-time that certainly can uh, use your skills and abilities. Secondly, is something that can sustain you financially, but there are some other challenges as, as well. And that deals more with like managing uh, the, the human resources of a particular congregation, learning how to recruit and train uh, and um, and mentor volunteers. Uh, another one that I have found some pastors struggle with is the, the art of delegation. And in my mind, it is an art. You have to learn how to set direction and how to provide feedback. Uh, <clears throat> there is another challenge that comes up that for a lot of pastors is kind of unexpected, but I do see it frequently. And that is the ability to negotiate salary and benefits and boundaries. Uh, so many of the pastors I've worked with have come back and told me, I wish I had some preparation on how to do that. The study that I mentioned earlier with the 70 bivocational pastors, uh, this question was raised to them. Uh, how did it come about that you, you, know, you were able to create this arrangement with your church? And, and they said they had no idea how to negotiate it. So they just accepted what was first offered. And it was 67% of the respondents identified with that, with that scenario. And so I think that that is kind of an unexpected challenge that they bump into. And another one that 
is I'm I picked up on recently, Tom, and that is bivocational pastors, a good percentage of them, and I'm talking about 43 to 45% of them said they feel disconnected from their main church or from their denomination. And <clears throat> as an example, uh, I've been, one of my colleagues down in Lexington is working with a large denomination down there. And she said that the denomination with good intentions hosted a whole day event for bivocational pastors in the area around leadership development, around financial management, and all of the subjects we're talking about now. And the, the morning went great, and they had a lunch, and then they were ready to start in the afternoon. Participation fell by 75%. The reason being, all of those in attendance had to leave to go do their other job responsibilities. And the people that set up the workshop didn't consider that, didn't take that in mind. And so that's just evidence sometimes how the denominations really don't foster good, tight relationships with these bivocational folks. But in essence, those are kind of a big run-through of the challenges that bivocational pastors have to encounter. Well, thanks. We're uh, talking with uh, Packard Brown, PackardBrown.com. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this session, and there will be a third one, so please do check back. Resource is an ILIF School of Theology program and is funded by ILIF and the Lilly Endowment. For more information, visit resource.ilif.edu.